You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's Your episode team, is brought to you day. by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. We're going to talk about whether the third overall pick should start, not in a couple of games, but right now. That's coming up on this show. Devontae Graham continues to struggle shooting from the field. Who are the other Hornets we're worried about as it stands currently? Who are the Hornets that we're okay with? Who are the Hornets that are performing very well to the beginning of the season? We'll get to all of that today. Do you have to play some catch-up because of the break that we... Actually, we didn't really take a break. We actually just... No, I was about to say, what break? Yeah. We actually gave everybody a new year's day pod when the rest of the network wasn't doing it we were helping you're welcome america <laughs> you're right you got a locked on hornets podcast when everybody else was asleep hashtag always on the ground and pay no attention to the fact that we actually took a break on tuesday we just got it out of the way so you wouldn't notice it and then we could boast about actually dropping a new year's day pod but i digress we didn't really take a break until last tuesday we do have a couple of games to get to though they did play the charlotte hornets on that friday i believe and then they played again on new year's day so the charlotte hornets have two games that we need to get caught up with and they were both l's one a little bit more embarrassing than the other not a the Charlotte Hornets, they played the Grizzlies after having a million dudes out of this game. No John Morant. It was like the second or third time that he would have missed a game this season. He's going to be out for quite some time for Memphis. You don't have your other first round pick that looks to be a very good player as long as he can stay healthy in Jaron Jackson. You also had, was it Grayson Allen didn't play because of an ankle sprain. You didn't have Xavier Tillman, your second round rookie, who a lot of people thought would be able to help you. No DeAndre Melton either. Yeah, uh, DeAnthony, I believe. But yes, DeAnthony. No, DeAnthony Melton. Yeah, DeAnthony Melton not there as well. And so, I mean, I think you tweeted something like this, Nada. We were getting to the area of basically no excuses. And sure enough, the Charlotte Hornets dropped this one 108 to 93. And it got ugly as the game would go on, especially in the third quarter when the Grizzlies outscored them by 10 points. And the Grizzlies had won each of the first two quarters after they went to um, or before they went to the locker room. And you see the, the numbers here. I mean, the, the bad ones are Devontae Graham, who we'll get to at, you know, at, at length here in a second. Devontae goes one of 10 from the field, one of six from the perimeter. Terry Rozier, who otherwise has been good scoring the basketball this season, he went one of 11 from the field, one of three from three-point range, and then Gordon Hayward wasn't very good either, five of 13. You have seven combined shots from those guys that were made. You're not going to win any basketball games. Bismack Biombo was the player that scored the most amount of baskets, at least most amount of field goal attempts and uh, was even the leading score. He was the leading score for your team. Not going to win too many games that way. So defensively wasn't great, but offensively not. It was a train wreck because guys just weren't hitting shots. It, was, it wasn't just that. It was the lack of effort on defense that I think bugged me more than anything. Like that was the thing that I just keep coming back to. It was a lack of effort. They showed up. Like, they showed up to that game in those sweet Mint City uniforms, and they soiled themselves. They came in there <laughs> expecting no John Morant, expecting nothing in terms of competitive balance for any of this. And then what do they do? They decide, you know what? 
I'm, we're just not going to compete. We're going to go out and party. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But we, clearly, they did not respect their opponent. More importantly, the defense, which I think is a bigger problem than the offense right now. Like, the defense tends to be a bigger problem. They gave Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, they gave a whole bunch of guys a whole bunch of just warm-up threes. And I think that was the, that was the thing that ca I came away with. They're giving up warm-up threes to guys that can hit warm-up threes. At some point, you have to defend or at least chase them off the three-point line. Until then, I, 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 like, I just, I, personally, I don't understand how you just don't compete. And that's a professionalism thing. And normally, and you know this, Walker, when we have these discussions about James Borrego, the sat in the third, and his tropes, one of his big ones is professionalism and showing up to play the game and respecting the game. There wasn't any respect showed to the game on that Friday night against the Grizzlies. And I'm glad they kind of corrected it against the Sixers, but that they're not good enough to not respect the game, to not be professionals for 72 nights this year. And that was just absolutely disgusting what they did on Friday night against the Grizzlies. Well, and, and just continuing to look at the Grizzlies and then transition to Philadelphia, you look at the starters, everyone but Tyus Jones had a pretty good field goal percentage. Brandon Clark was 6 of 11. Kyle Anderson was 7 of 15. Balanchunas was 6 of 9. Dylan Brooks was 8 of 17. And then you look to some guys off of the bench. Gorgie Jang was 5 of 9. And then you had Desmond Bain and Tyus Jones even. Desmond Bain was 4 of 12, who looks like a player, by the way, but still missed I wanted quite a few Desmond shots. Bain here, Walker. Well, I know you did, but to be fair, all of NBA Twitter was absolutely in love with Desmond Bain. This is the this is the team. The Grizzlies are the team we talked about that NBA Twitter is secretly GMing. <laughs> whoever is yeah, wh wh whoever is out there, um, they are puppeting the Memphis Grizzlies as uh, they are the GM of this franchise because they always get the guys everybody loves. Brandon Clark, who I was in love with as well. Uh, you know, Xavier Tillman was a hot commodity in this draft in the second round. Desmond Bain. So, yeah, they get all of these guys and they uh, got their second win of the season against the Hornets. So I mentioned guys shooting pretty well in that game against Charlotte. How about this? Not a Philadelphia. They score 127 points and they shoot 60 percent from the field against the Charlotte Hornets in this matchup. Because it felt like as uh, right. How, it, 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 well, that's the point. Like, that's the thing. Like a bunch <laughs> of these in over the weekend, they just gave them warm up threes and you can't give. Danny Green warm-up threes. You can't give Seth Curry warm-up threes. Like, they would have given Ben Simmons a warm-up three, and he would have splashed three or four had he taken them. It was that bad, Walker. Like, the defense, and this is why, and we'll talk about this down the line in this episode, but this is why I continue to contend the biggest problem for the Charlotte Hornets isn't their offense. They're scoring enough. Their problem is defense and being competitive on defense. And I think that's the thing that bugs me the most right now about the narrative with the Charlotte Hornets. Well, how about, by the way, one player that played for Philadelphia shot below 50 
0% in this game. And that was Matisse Thibel, who was one of four, who isn't a great offensive player anyway. It, he was the only guy out of nine players that played substantial minutes. He was the only one that shot less than 50%. And by the way, there was only one other guy, Dwight Howard. He was one of two from the field. Everybody else had at least uh, seven attempts from the field taken in this one. And so you're still, I mean, that's incredible to me uh, with everybody else really shooting seven times and shooting over 50% from the field. Every single one of these players, pretty crazy to see. And it does go to the point about the open threes. And also, as you mentioned, yes, defensively, it's been a problem, but even offensively, there are some woes and none more so perhaps than the shooting woes of Devonte Graham. We'll talk about that in just one moment. But first I want to talk to everyone about bet online.ag. If you're ready for some college football, whether it's regular season NFL football as well, that's over. Now you have to go to the postseason and bet where you're going to get a impressive slate, an impressive slate of games and wild card weekend this weekend. The AFC especially looks to be intriguing to me. If you want to go bet on those games, then who better to do so than with betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. And if you want to follow them on social media, you can visit our good friends and exclusive partner on Twitter, on Instagram at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business lamella ball is a time for him to start that's the conversation next on the locked on hornets podcast this mm-hmm. is locked on okay. hornets i'm not a big fan of grape jelly i kind of i'm a little insulted that you referred to me as grape jelly i'm not a fan of grape anything now i like grapes but i don't like grape flavoring i think it goes back to the robitussin that i had as a kid and I just don't like grape flavoring. Anyway, great to yeah, be back. Great to be back on the show. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. The holidays are about giving, so I'm giving you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season, and he shares a lock of the day on every episode. Subscribe to Locked On Bets today wherever you get your podcast. So hope everybody had a happy and safe new year over the weekend and not a, you know, you look at the Charlotte Hornets with what with everything that's happened with the Charlotte Hornets right now, the third overall pick, I always thought the backcourt was going to be fascinating to see how those minutes have been divvied up. We can have the Malik Monk conversation in maybe later on in this show. Um, I know you want to talk about that so we can talk about Malik Monk later on, but really it's, you know, Terry Rozier, I, I, I found to be someone interesting coming into the season because I thought maybe he would be somebody that was pushed to the bench because you thought Devonte might be somewhat of a pillar of this organization. And inevitably, so your third overall pick you're hoping to God is going to be good enough to start for you at some point. But in reality, LaMelo ball, he's good enough to start for you right now. And it's Devontae Graham, who is the guy that's not necessarily playing well enough for you to start, at least as it currently stands. Devontae Graham's numbers have been bad. You look at the game against the Grizzlies. He was one of 10 going one of six from the three point line. And then the game against Philadelphia, he was one of 10 going one of six from the three point line. He's not getting to the free throw line either. He only shot two free throw attempts against Philadelphia. He shot zero 
free throw attempts against the Memphis Grizzlies. That was never a strong suit of his anyways. He's not shooting well at the rim. That was a big problem for Devontae last season. That doesn't seem to have progressed either. And not a here's my main concern about Devontae, right? I'm not saying that you absolutely have to start LaMelo and, and kick Devontae to the bench right now, but what Devontae, or, or at least I'm not saying um, that, that, sure, that you have to do it right now, but what I am saying about Devontae and why I'm so worried is the fact that it's not just a six-game sample size. Yeah. That's the biggest thing for me. If you look back, and I've, I constantly used this as the checkpoint because it was the apex of his career. It was the best game that we had seen him play. Devontae, after that 40-point night playing against Brooklyn, he has shot only 33% from three-point land and still is shooting well under 40% from the field, something like 36%. And that was with what happened at the end of last year. I didn't even account for these last uh, few games that have started this season into that uh, field goal percentage. When you're just looking at him, man, he's missing a ton of shots. And as I continue to mention the amount of points that he scored compared to about the amount of shots that he's taken, I mean, that disparity is getting bigger and bigger. Nada. I, I don't know if you're in Kelly Oubre territory. I haven't looked at his box score recently, but the Devontae Graham, what it's doing for him right now, I mean, it's getting huge. You are only piling on the shot attempts, and you're not getting the amount of points. It's been really, really bad for him so far to start this 2020-2021 season. And I can't disagree with anything. And I'm one of those guys that's been like, talk to me in January. Talk to me about the rotation in January while when everyone gets in shape. And while, Pete, while Devontae is not the biggest problem in the rotation – that goes for another guy that we can talk about later. I would also say that he has not helped himself. And I would also, like, if he's not going to hit shots out there, and on top of that, if he's not going to facilitate like he was doing in the first three games of this season, if he's not going to do any of that, I can't justify him being out there. Now, mind you, like, if you've been on Twitter, I've been, like, kind of arguing with, uh, it's not kind of, but semi are like playfully arguing with Brandon Earl Smith, who used to work for Fox 46. And he's always, he's had the joke that LaMelo's going to start by King day. He may be right. Like <laughs> I don't see this lasting too much longer. And the thing that bugs me about this is that like, I want to see De Devonte succeed. I want to see him do well, but when you can legitimately say he's been, probably one of the worst starting guards if not the worst NBA starter this season I can't defend it anymore and I get that player development is a big thing I can't I, like I get that you still invested in Devontae want to see him do well at some point you're gonna have to cut that cord I don't um, know how they do it though yeah, here's the thing with me. James Brego talked about Devontae Graham and whether he would start LaMelo Ball. I think this was before the Grizzlies game. If I'm not, maybe it was after the Grizzlies game. I think it was after the, the, the Grizzlies game, if I'm not mistaken. Then he took questions from the media and he said he's going to have to reassess the starting lineup and he's going to take a look at that. And he said, quote, I'm going to look at that and, and take a hard look at all of that against Philadelphia. Devontae Graham comes out with another really bad shooting performance and LaMelo Ball had another game where he was clearly better than what Devontae Graham 
was doing. And, you know, I, I expect James Borrego to, you know, maybe start Devonte a couple more times. And if it continues, then you just can't, you can't do it anymore. If this happens two more games where Devonte doesn't shoot above 40%, then and Lamelo continues to shoot maybe around that area where he's hitting a couple of threes and he is facilitating at a high level, then you're going to have to start your third overall pick. I don't have any problem with James Borrego, how he hasn't started Lamelo yet. I think the biggest problem that I've had with Borrego with Lamelo so far is, you know, I, I could see why the Hornets were frustrated, right? When we talked about Hornets fans being frustrated when LaMelo was actually playing well, and then he gets pulled out of the game and he only had 15 minutes total on the game. We've gotten enough evidence of that now to where LaMelo's actually had a, a, a good performance and he's getting rewarded with it by minutes, by the way. I mean, Borrego yes, he is, is he is playing him. He's not starting him, which matters probably a lot more than it should to a lot of fans, but I, I even get it. That's no knock. I even get that. LaMelo is is playing, but I mean, not a <laughs> LaMelo is someone that probably needs to be in there now. And here's my thing or here soon. And here's my thing with Devonte too. You can bring him to the bench and it doesn't have to be the worst thing in the world for Devonte. And you might even worry about miles bridges, not getting a ton of minutes with LaMelo. If LaMelo is going to be starting and miles is going to continue to come off of the bench. One, we could see miles bridges go into the starting lineup, Basically. but also, but also Devonte Graham can help miles too. I mean, I actually think, you know, with Devonte being able to feed miles and throw him some lobs, I think that's some I, miles would could still benefit from playing with Devonte. Devonte did have nine assists and zero turnovers in this game against Philadelphia. Doesn't justify the awful shooting numbers, but he did have nine assists and zero turnovers. Miles Bridges can benefit from that as well. Yeah, you're right about that. But I guess my thing is, if you're going to make functional changes to the starting lineup, and as our friend Rick Bennell has pointed out right now, the starting lineup does not work. It is minus 25. You're going to have to do something in terms of changing that up because that's just a failure to score on offense. That's a failure to defend on defense because if I'm not mistaken, that starting five almost gives up 115 per 100 possessions. That cannot continue. That's one of the worst defenses in the league. You can't do that. And... I think when we start having these conversations about it, you're going to have to not only insert LaMelo Ball, I think you're also going to have to bring his buddy, the guy that he's most effective with, and Miles Bridges to improve that defense because the thing that lost them the game in Philly wasn't just the offense not hitting. It was the inability to defend the three at the beginning of that game. They got the defense right later, but the difference was legitimately the first quarter. So I do think LaMelo Ball is going to have to start. Bridges is going to come with him. I don't think it takes as long as you think it does, though. I think it's, again. Well, I think, I mean, I think it could happen in the next couple of games, right? Like, I, I don't, I think it could happen within the next couple of games. When, I mean, don't you think that? I mean, I, I don't think it's going to take latest, forever. At the latest, I think it happens Friday, which happens to be the one national game. I think he I think Devontae has a shot tonight and maybe against Atlanta on Wednesday. Maybe. And I don't even believe that much. I All think, right. Well, we'll yeah, go I, ahead. it's just one of those situations where I think the, the I don't think you can justify starting and putting out that same starting lineup when it continually shows you don't get the results that you you, you get. Like the results are bad enough to where you have to switch everything up soon. 
Yeah, it's, it's been that bad so far. Let's talk about Built Bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, and they have six new ones, including Cherry Barcia. Some of the 12, uh, 12 original flavors include coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, so many more. Plus, they're great for you, too. They're great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose, main, uh, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They have 19 grams of protein in some of the flavors, plenty of protein in really all of the flavors that you're talking about. Plus, you get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Have one more segment to go here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League, comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a uh, radar, excuse <laughs> radar. Me, of all nba yeah on the radar on the radar of <laughs> all nba fans as a nightly highlight producer yeah you're charlotte you're charlotte coming out there yeah i'm from come from uh Catawba county could so, put him on the radar it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast Coming up later this week on the Locked On Hornets podcast, we will recap this Philadelphia 76ers game, the second game against Philadelphia in a row. We'll give you a recap of that one tomorrow, and hopefully Devontae is playing better. We'll see the amount of minutes LaMelo gets and if they actually come in the starters way. Also, I want to talk a little bit more about PJ and whether he's taking three-pointers, Nada. That was something that I noticed. Certainly, I had kind of gotten, I'd gotten really angry about it by the time we got to Memphis this season where PJ is just actively passing up three point shots now. And it's a real problem for me. I I don't get why he's passing up open looks and it's not like he's, you know, shooting an awful percentage there. If I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to pull up his numbers here real quickly. Yeah. I mean, it it seems like um, so far on the season he's shooting 36% in the six games that he's played, but the amount of attempts that he's had, he's just not shooting nearly as much as I want him to only two three-pointers in each of the last two games and he's passing them up looking to drive some of the drives that he has he's just turning the ball over him as a playmaker it's not working as much right now I I I don't know if I want him to completely abandon it I just want him to find a little bit more of a happy medium of I can expound upon my game by putting the ball on the deck and facilitating as well as doing some of the things that I was really good at doing last year and I don't know why we're creating an environment or if PJ is creating one for himself where he's passing up open three-point shots because he wants to try to be more of a ball handler. Uh, we, we need more yeah. of the P.J. shooting that was so good last season, not less. Now, I would argue that we just need more of last year's P.J. period, quite honest. Like, P.J. has functionally disappointed. And it's why if is going to make a change to this lineup, Devontae's not going to the bench by himself. Devontae's going with P.J., Those two have probably been the most disappointing Hornets in terms of what we've expected and what we've gotten this year. And I understand that both have added to-dos and have a lot of pressure on them to do well so that they succeed. And some of this is regression to the mean, but PJ actively not shooting threes, like you're saying, that almost cost them the Brooklyn game. Like, he's actively hurting his team by not being more selfish and i understand that you want to be a playmaker maybe for right now that's not your game there are going to be plenty of other times to work on these playmaking abilities there's going to be the second half when you're in more functionally more shape where everybody else is functionally in more shape 
I just want him to go back to doing two things. Rebound the basketball and at the same time shoot it when you're open. And if playmaking comes, it comes. But at this point, focus on what you do well. And then the stuff that you don't necessarily do well, okay, do less of it. But also be a way to be, find a constructive way to work on it because right now what he's doing isn't helping anybody. And defensively, we're not even going to go there right now because defensively, that may be the biggest area where he's disappointed me thus far this season. Um, the Hornets listed Cody Zeller on their injury report for this game tonight, which means that PJ Washington is not on it. He only played seven and a half minutes in this game against Philadelphia in the second half, but that was because of a thumb contusion, but that should not be the reason if he doesn't play tonight, as many minutes as you would expect, it's not going to be because of the thumb contusion, at least unless he re-aggravates that not on the injury report. Um, thumb contusion does not seem to be an ongoing injury. So we'll see exactly what takes place with PJ Washington. Anything else you wanted to take note of in the, in the uh, last two games that we missed Nada, because it was the weekend, whether it be the Martin twins and their play, whether it be um, a McDaniels, just anybody else, Gordon Hayward, anybody else that you wanted to mention before we ended Good today's job show. On Jalen McDaniels. I, I want to say there's improvement, I just need him to stop for like every good play he does. There's a tur- there's two or three bad plays that cause him turnover and end up being a four or five point swing. I just need him to clean up some of the play because he's right there in terms of being one of those people you could solidly put with a Sharpie. He's going to get 15 minutes. I'd like to put a Sharpie by Jalen McDaniel's name because at this point, as we've seen now, the rotation is no longer 10. The rotation is nine. And the funny thing is, had I told you that the rotation was going to include a Martin twin, would you have put Caleb Martin ahead of Cody Martin's name on that rotation, Walker? You would have put Cody ahead of Caleb, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Because but Caleb, but Caleb's getting the minutes right, right now. The guy without the guaranteed money is getting more minutes right now and is being trusted to do more. I didn't think I saw that coming. I'm not sure you did either. No, I didn't. I, I didn't think Caleb was going to be the guy that was getting a little bit more, but he was making some shots. James Borrego decided to roll with them a little bit more. We'll see how that rotation shakes out tonight. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. I was just on it with Josh Lloyd talking a little bit about the Charlotte Hornets in their most recent games. Uh, thanks again for hopping on with us. Have a great day. We will be back with you tomorrow to recap this past game against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm.